You're listening to She Shoots, She Scores with your hosts, Lise Marie Caron and Brad Simpson. Brought to you by HabsEyesOnThePrize.com. Hello. Hello! Welcome back to She Shoots, She Scores. <laughs> it was a slick intro, Brad. Oh yeah, as as always, yeah. Lise Marie. Slick as slick as slick. Slickety slick. Uh, so uh, so here comes another episode, hard and fast at you. We have special guest on the line, uh, general manager of the Boston Blades, Krista Petronic. Welcome. Woohoo! Thanks. Thanks for having me. Hello, Krista. Woo. Yeah. Thanks for coming on. Uh, so uh, yeah, we're gonna obviously have a nice long chat about uh, about you and your role as a GM in uh, in the CWHL. Uh, we'll talk about a couple of other things that are going on um, since our last show. Haley Wickenheiser has retired from women's hockey. Um, <laughs> <laughs> many feelings about that. Um, I want to talk briefly about uh, Jared's piece uh, when he spoke with uh, Shauna Dennis about uh, the NHL's partnership with uh, with women's hockey and and maybe Krista, you can shed some light on if you're getting any support of any of any kind like that in uh, in Boston mm. and uh, maybe talk about the CWHL playoff picture kind of clearing up a little bit in the upcoming All Star game, which is very exciting. All Star, yeah. are you going to the All Star game, Krista? Uh, I am. I'm very excited about it. It's always fun. A good time are you uh do you are you planning something special for it like uh i don't know to try to top out the amazing selfie oh. that someone took uh, the last year <laughs> i don't know if that can ever be topped to be honest but um i don't know we'll try maybe we should come up with something good it could yeah okay right yeah after uh, after this uh this uh, little chat we're gonna uh, <laughs> we'll we have an talk. off-air we'll yeah. have an off-air conversation about <laughs> maybe do like a little uh uh 007 uh, special uh, mission <laughs> this mission should you choose to accept it <laughs> that kind of deal um yeah super exciting all-star game coming up so uh so chris why don't you tell us sort of how your year is going so far i mean now, now that things have taken a little swing for the positive yeah so things have definitely gotten a lot better um for us i think anytime you get like a couple wins under your belt um you know you start to just gain more confidence and you know that you know we're playing in a league where we can win and you know it's really anyone's game on any given day i mean you know eventually when when we did lose to uh canadians i mean it was just amazing to have a lead against them for a little while Um, even though it, it ended up being a loss. I mean, you look for the small little things when you're not winning, and then when you do win, you really, like, cherish it. So um, I think that kind of just, like, brightens everyone's mood, and it gets everyone just, like, pumped to be playing again. So um, it's always nice to have a couple Ws uh, come your way. Yeah, I saw that you, you kind of talked about that on, on your blog, where you said, you know, having a couple of wins really sort of sparked – the energy in, in the dressing room and the girls were a little bit more excited to come to the rink. Mm, yeah, definitely. Uh, the, the atmosphere after, after a blades win is, uh, unlike anything you have ever seen. So <laughs> it's pretty great. <laughs> That's awesome. And, uh, so hopefully a couple more before the end of the season to, to mm-hmm. sneak in there, that would be, uh, that would be a nice, Yes. Nice. It uh, would be nice addition. What, how does sort of your, you know, we're about, I don't know, 
15 to 20 games in every team's a little a little different about 18 games mm -hmm. but uh how how's your year going compared to how your objectives were uh going into it um i mean it's definitely it kind of i'm gonna be honest it kind of threw me for a loop because i mean i came into this season thinking like okay like you know we have a significantly stronger team this year and we do uh, compared to last year but um you know every team got deeper in the draft so you know, you kind of have your first couple games and you kind of see how your team stacks up um, against the other teams in the league. And, you know, it can be kind of um, kind of depressing when you get those first few losses and you're like, man, like I thought things were going to be different this year. <laughs> you know, it's kind of depressing all the way around to have that. Um, but, you know, then, you know, the bright spots kind of come out. And, you know, before we had our first win, I kind of felt like okay like our time is coming our time is gonna come we're gonna we're gonna figure it out we're gonna get some wins um so it was obviously good that uh they came our way but I mean yeah I mean it's it's really hard to tell in practice you know September October when you're like okay like we're getting ready for the first few games mm -hmm. how's it gonna go um you know to like kind of have that little bit of a slow start but you know things kind of came together and that's all I can ask for <laughs> that's fair I I think uh, the the big difference that I saw um, from last year was uh, the way that uh, your team is holding up to the others, like during the game. Like always, mm -hmm. first and second period is always strong period, or mm -hmm. it's it's a close gap. And the problem maybe is it's to holding on to the to the end. Do you think, or is it just an mm -hmm. impression? Yeah, definitely. It's fair to say. I mean, you know. Uh, Lauren Dom has obviously stepped up um, huge to kind of take Lacasse's uh, position this year. And like, you know, well, that was kind of a question mark for us, too. It was like, how is how is that going to turn out? And she has obviously been amazing for this team. But, you know, and as personally as a goalie, I can tell you that a good goalie can only keep you in a game for so long. So when you start to have those little breakdowns towards the end of the game, I mean, that can really cost you. So we've run into that a couple times. Yeah, but the fact that you can hold on to the biggest team mm. on the league for so like for a good part of the the games, that's a good that's a good sign. Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely happy about that. And you know what I noticed was in those let's say like two three games before the first win, you saw sort of more shots on net and a little uptick in scoring. You know, based on your let's say the the track record for the Blades, is that something that you guys look at let's say on a game per game level and see okay like we're getting more offense, we're getting more shots, we're getting more goals. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, it's kind of nice because there's that period of time where I'm looking at like, you know, the, our first three lines and I'm like, wow, every line is moving the puck well. Every line is getting production. And that's, you know, that's amazing. That's what you just hope for from from every line um, that you put together. But it's kind of like an ebb and flow. Like, you know, sometimes our third line is on fire and they're really productive. And then sometimes it's kind of like they're less productive and you know, it's it kind of comes and goes and you have to just kind of be ready for whatever each line is going to give you. And then if they're not giving you what you think they're capable of, you got to switch it up. So it's uh, it's kind of a give and take. And then it's, you know, again, any given weekend, um, you know, like unfortunately our past weekend, um, we were missing quite a few of our players. So that obviously had an impact on mm -hmm. the scores. Um, so, you know, it's just 
I, we just take it weekend by weekend, game by game, because it tends to be pretty different. <laughs> yeah, and with having, let's say, more home games on the on the back half of the schedule, is that going to help logistically have more players at the ready for for most of those games? Um, yes and no. Um, some of the, a lot of our coaches, our our players actually coach. So when they're not at Blaze games, whether it's home or away, usually it's because they're coaching their other teams. Mm-hmm. So like sometimes their teams are home or away. So um, it's kind of like <laughs> a crapshoot as to like um, you know who's available uh, for that respect. Um, you know we're hit by the injury bug just a little bit too, which mm-hmm. obviously doesn't help. So, but uh, everyone's on the up and up, and hopefully this weekend we'll be able to pull it together. Nice. So if you look, Krista, at like, you know, last year was obviously uh, a big challenge uh, after, you know, sort of a big roster dump um, mm. and really kind of hitting the reset, doing a, a whole team control out delete, if you will. Yeah. Um, how how is the experience for you as the GM this year, having had a full off season and a little bit more time to prepare for it mentally? Um, definitely less stressful because kind of going into it, I know what to expect um you know obviously last year is my first year as gm and like i had this whole new team and i was just kind of navigating this world of like i don't really know what i'm doing but i'm flying by the seat of my pants and just like hoping that things go well Mm -hmm. um and so this season it's kind of been more i've been able to prepare a little bit more it's been less stressful um one thing that i really like is that there's more competition for ice time so you know, it's like the players who show up to practice, the players who work hard, um, the players who are consistent. I mean, those are the kids that are getting the most ice time. Um, whereas before, maybe it wasn't really quite like that. So, you know, it's more about building that team culture that I think like that has really come together. And it's it's like, you know, people want to play for the Blades, which is what I always hoped would happen. Beauty. Yeah, and I mean, there's I mean, there's no shortage of uh, colleges in uh, mm. in the Boston area to recruit from. Um, I know probably not all of them have women's hockey campaigns, but uh, a lot of them do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, big hockey market, Boston. So, yeah. what's that like then in terms of of scouting? I mean, how much of it are you responsible for, and and what kind of a staff does a CWHL team work with with regards to scouting all this talent? Um. So locally, I do most of my own scouting um and I actually kind of prefer it that way um I'll go to a lot of college games on the weekend and just kind of talk to players myself and reach out to them um I have a couple people who I'll bring to games with me or um you know I'll have them reach out to some players but mostly it's just me um and then at the league level we have a staff that kind of reaches out more on like a broad level um, to make contact with the graduating seniors, say, hey, this is how you register for the draft, um, that kind of thing. But the players who I uh, like really want, I just like aggressively go after them and <laughs> I try to start early. <laughs> nice. That's the best way to do, to go, I think. Yeah, mm, we have a contingent definitely. of Montreal fans who do that too. We have like, we call them charm offensives. And we'll we'll just like on social media we'll just like harass people that we like and say like hey you know don't what's forget- great about playing in Montreal is this this and that and don't forget mm. that we're here yeah, that's crazy so <laughs> that's great yeah so very hands on then in uh, in Boston I like that 
Um, and so, I mean, this is obviously, you know, I, I alluded to it just a moment ago, but you know, for, for Boston, you know, unfortunately you found yourself in a situation where you're doing really a complete team rebuild. And, you know, as far as I know in, in the CWHL, that was kind of like a first, that was unheard of. Um, you know, and, and as opposed to like a team coming into the league, like you had a team that was a championship level team mm-hmm. and kind of everybody jumped ship uh, to the unnameable land. And uh, so what was that like for you to be sort of, you know, thrust into that situation where you, you know, you kind of take on the GM position and, and have to rebuild a team completely from scratch? Um, It was pretty crazy. Like I knew that it was always, I guess, an option that it could happen. It was a possibility when I took the job because I took the job in May, um, you know, just as everything had started to come out. So mm-hmm. I wasn't totally like a hundred percent blindsided by the fact that it could happen. I was, guess I was just like hoping for the best and expecting the worst. Um, so over that summer, um, like I said, I just really like tried to prepare myself for what could happen. So, um, you know, I did a lot of recruiting, a lot of talking to people. Um, I reached out to some of the contacts I have and, you know, first, first thing was first, I had to hire Brian, our coach. Um, and then after that, we kind of hit the recruiting thing together. Um, and so I kind of spent the summer doing that and I lined up maybe like 10 or 15 players to get into the draft. And then um, in, I think it was like the very last day possible, like the last day of August, um, I got 22 emails asking for release. So um, kind of dealt with that. And then it was like, well, (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to have to put a team together. So um, luckily I had a lot of help doing it, but, and it came together. So cool. Cool. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, it, you certainly were able to, to, you know, I know at times last year it wasn't a very full bench, but mm-hmm. I mean, listen, you played every game and, uh, and, you know, I liked that you guys kind of, you know, kept your heads up the whole season and went through it. And I, I think I speak for all CWHL fans when, you know, when we see W's go up on, on the standings for Boston, we get, we get excited. You know, <laughs> I had, I had mixed feelings a couple weeks ago when Boston was ahead and it, it I definitely felt that the Blades were going to win that game against Montreal. And, uh, and you know, it's kind of like a weird resignation where you're like, well, this is, you know, like we're trying to get first place. This is, this is not good. But at the same time, like I'm really happy that, you know, for what this represents for the league and, and sort of the return of, you know, a real strong five-team contingent. Yeah, and definitely. Was, I think you always want to, no matter what, like you always want parity. Like it's no fun to go into a barn and just kill them like 10 to nothing. And it's certainly no fun to lose by that much. So I think no matter what, I think like every women's hockey fan should just, you know, cheer for parity. <laughs> so. Yeah. But it was kind of good for some players. Like if I'm, I'm thinking about Lacasse who had to show up and shine every game you know she she break records on that year mm-hmm. it i think she, it was good for her to like all in that shenanigan a couple players had uh shiny moments yeah big years mm-hmm. yep definitely um okay well I, i was gonna save this for later but we're on the the lacasse subject um Uh, krista i'm really curious if you can give us sort of a behind the scenes feel of what went down with with the big off-season trade with with lacasse and watchhorn and and sort of 
give us a, a, a feeling of sort of who calls who and, and how a trade goes down in the CWHL behind the scenes. Yeah, for sure. So um, women's hockey is just such a weird, like different animal because everything is so dependent on your players. Um, so Lacasse had contacted me pretty much like after the season ended and said like she had this job opportunity in Calgary um, and she was just kind of uh, looking to take advantage of that. You know, being obviously Canadian, you can't work in the U.S. legally. So, um, you know, obviously I would never want to deny that to a player, especially someone and I'm kind of blanking on how old she is but she is maybe a couple of years younger than I am so I mean at that point it's like you have to be an adult and you have to work yeah. so um you know I totally understand that so um obviously I said all right like you know we'll talk to the league about it and try to get it figured out and um you know luckily there was a spot for her in Calgary where she was able to like go and make it work um and we kind of just did it as a fulfillment of the Tara Watthorn trade because um, we did owe them something for that trade when she did come out to Boston. So mm -hmm. it was just kind of like the natural like way to do the trade. Um, so obviously sad to see her go. She had such a legacy in Boston and, you know, still keep in touch with her. And she's, you know, amazing. And we don't we still don't like playing against her. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, I mean, it's just kind of one of those things where life kind of dictates what happens and that's just kind of it, which you don't really see that much like in the N in the NHL, but you know, in C-Dub, it's kind of, you know, kind of the norm. Yeah, that's fair. Was it like, uh, how was it to try to find like another goalie? Like, uh, did you just, uh, went, uh, on the street of Boston and, uh, tried to, uh, find, uh, the, like the unknown, uh, diamond um it was definitely it was definitely tough and i think we were kind of worried for a little while <laughs> um a lot of my players kind of reached out to their friends who were goalies and um we ended up holding a prospect camp in may um where we just invited out a lot of like recent grads and anyone who was interested in playing for the blades and we had a skate and i had maybe like five or six goalies who came out and lauren dom was one of them Um, and so, you know, I'm looking at these five or six goalies and Lauren is definitely standing out. Um, you know, she had all the tools, uh, very quick in terms of the movement, great glove. I mean, you know, so that was kind of like an easy, an easy thing for us to say like, okay, like register for the draft. We definitely want you to come to tryouts, but I think we were also kind of like, you know, not sure where things stood with, um, some of the other goalies who'd we had, we'd had on reserve and, um, you know, other options that we might have for like a tandem or like a backup situation. And then I had started talking to Jetta Rackleff, um, over that same summer and she was still finishing up at RIT. She's in her fifth year. And she was like, well, I really do want to come play in Boston, but like, you know, for school reasons, like it might be easier if I register for the draft for like a Toronto area team. And I said, that's fine. You know, maybe eventually I can work out a trade with one of those teams and like, we'll bring you to Boston. Um, and so it just kind of worked out that like Lauren really impressed us, um, through tryouts and obviously through the first part of the season. Um, 
And it turns out Jetta had a really forgiving school schedule. And um, we knew we wanted to bring her on. I think she's a really strong goaltender. Um, she played great the other night against Brampton. And, um, you know, just a great kid, a great all-around person. Um, her personality definitely, like, brightens the locker room. So I knew she would fit in really well with the team. So um, as soon as she reached out to me and said, like, you know, it's feasible for me to come play for you guys, like, is there any way to make it work? And I was like, you know what, let's see if we can. So, yeah, it was awesome to finally get our, our perfect two goalies. <laughs> and uh, because of uh, Mash Myers was uh, in Boston for school, was her in some sort of discussion before the draft? Um, I think it was always her her wish to return home, so that was never really an option um, for me. You know, when you when you register for the CWHL draft, you register with a location in mind, yeah. and you can choose like Calgary as your first choice and nothing else, or you can choose like Calgary as your first, Boston as your second, you know, and so she only chose Calgary. So, I mean, it was clear that she wanted to go home. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I know she, like, I remember her speaking with Robin Flynn, like after the season and before we knew where she was going and, and she can just kind of tease that, like, I know where I want to go. Like it was, it seemed like it was clear to her where that was. Um, though we didn't know yet. I mean, we assumed, uh, largely that she would end up in Calgary, but because of her school, we thought there's a chance, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. Definitely. Um, who uh, who would you say, Krista? Not to put you on the spot too much here in uh, in the morning, but who would you say has been your surprise of the year? Who's been your big positive surprise this year? Um, definitely Kate Leary. <laughs> yeah, she's she's got ten points already. Yeah, she's crazy. Oh my gosh, it's incredible. She is so crafty. Um, uh, even like when we scrimmage, her teammates hate playing against her. <laughs> she's just. <laughs> And she's hilarious off the ice, so definitely happy to have Kate Leary. Was you surprised? Were you surprised that she was not uh, on the uh, the roster for the All Star game? Um, a little bit. Um, we only have three players from Boston, I think. Yep. Uh, Watch Tino Greaves. Yeah. So um, a little bit. I w- honestly, I was kind of hoping that Lauren Dom would have been selected, but um, you know, I'm not on the selection committee. So. <laughs> yeah, I mean, worth noting, Dom's already over 700 saves this year too. So she's yeah. kill- like killing it, stopping a lot of rubber. But in another hand, uh, Wellette was not on the draft. Uh, was yeah, not on the draft not, too. She was not on the original All Star game. Yeah. So. Yeah, no wallet, no chewy. No wallet, no chewy. So maybe that's that's explaining mm. some like what, some of your players too, uh, Krista. They can't, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, and they can't all get consideration at first. But I think some some of that had to do with the date changing, right? So uh, whatever, it's what? another discussion. I think. Yeah, totally. <laughs> uh, so I know you know one of the things, especially with uh, the CWHL is, you know, fan involvement and and events really represent a big thing. You guys just had your your Blades brunch. You want to talk a little bit about that? Um, Yeah, sure. Our our Blades brunch is actually Saturday. um, So that'll be coming up. It's it's just an opportunity for um, for people to support the team and come out and actually meet the players, spend some time with the players. Um, so people can either, if you're local, you can come out, have brunch with, um, with us, with the team, or we've been having a lot of like non-local people actually buy a brunch for a blade, which you can do, um, which is super awesome. 
to see that we have support from like all over the U.S. and Canada um, that are that people that just want to help the team, which is awesome. So can you um, uh, can you tell our listeners how they can do that? Because this is like kind of like GoFundMe, but this is more like GoFeedMe. <laughs> yes, I love that. Yeah. So um, we have um, a page up. Um, it's on all, all, of our, all of our social media, but it's on Eventbrite. You can just search for the Boston Blades. Um, our Blades brunch will come up and you can buy either like yourself a brunch plate if you're local to Boston, you can buy a blade, a brunch plate, um, and then there's like a ticket package as well where you can get like a fan brunch plate and a ticket for the game that night. So um, a bunch of different options and a ways, ways to support the Blades. Amazing. That's perfect. That sounds awesome. I'm going to buy one. Are there, any, oh. uh, are there any secret sort of Massachusetts brunch specialties? <laughs> um, I don't know. I just... I just love brunch. It's my favorite meal of all time. It's amazing. Just, oh, it's so good. I could you have just everything. Eat. And you're I could allowed eat to breakfast have a beer. food for dinner. Like that's how I do. I, love I it. do regularly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Is it come um, with a, a Samuel yeah, Adams? Nothing special. We don't it's not like we have poutine or anything like that. So <laughs> a shame. Well, I mean, that's okay. But I mean I imagine like I mean, you guys still have pretty similar, let's say, like uh, weather and stuff like you guys must do like sugar shack type stuff right like what's make, that like, oh goodness <laughs> Krista. lost um, in translation yeah i don't know it's like basically where they have like the the maple farms where they where they tap maples and they'll usually have like a big breakfast deal there and it's pretty sure she oh, do not that sounds that. so canadian i know yeah. they do that i know they're big in vermont i don't know how how far it goes right though and, and oh, okay so maybe it, doesn't, it. Yeah, maybe it yeah. doesn't get all the way there uh but if you're up here in like let's say the spring thaw like around april we're gonna bring you yeah, some we'll or happen. you're gonna come with us yeah yes that sounds amazing you need your plow shirt though <laughs> is yeah. it plow? This is plow? Plaid. Plaid, sorry. Yeah, you need like a plaid flannel <laughs> You need a plaid shirt. flannel shirt, sorry. If you're dressed Perfect. like a lumberjack, you're ready to go. Yeah, I can do that. I can do that. Excellent. Um, Krista, what do you think of sort of the, uh, you know, we heard Hillary Knight a few weeks ago talking about, you know, wanting to go back to one league. Uh, what are your thoughts on the future of women's hockey? Oh man, that's like what a question. Huge question. Um, <laughs> to for the most part, I like have my GM hat on, and I just feel like for the most part, it's out of my hands, so I don't worry about it. Mm -hmm. um, I just try to do my job to the best of my ability. Um, personally speaking, um, you know, I would like to see one league. I think it's what's best for the sport. I don't think that having leagues, um, you know, like working against each other is necessarily productive for the sport. Um, as to how it happens, why it happens, when it happens, I have no idea. Um, so I just kind of keep plugging away, kind of just like put my head down and do my job. That's kind of <laughs> that's kind of that. So. That's fair. Um I mean, we did see a couple of players, uh, as soon as there was a little bit of unrest over, you know, salary cuts, a couple of players uh, sort of jumped ship from the NWHL saying, like, this is not, you know, a, a supportable sort of pattern for me. And, and it was mostly people who, like, in your situation, you were talking about Canadians coming to the States who, you know, it's harder for them to get work. And if my salary in hockey is going to get cut, I can't really sustain that. Um, does that open a door for you? I don't know if you can, if this is even something you can discuss on, on a, 
on public <laughs> airs. Uh, but does that give you an opportunity to reach out to players that you know who are in the end and maybe lure them back uh, into what might be, you know, still not paying as much, but let's say maybe more stable environment? <laughs> um, yeah, no, I don't do any kind of luring of any kind. Um, <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't talk to any players who are not under contract with me. So I don't, I don't do any of that. Um, so no, not really. I mean, during that time when, you know, you're right, there was a lot of unrest and people talking and stuff, but I never reached out to any players. No players ever reached out to me. Um, they would have had to reach out to the league anyway, I think about that because it's so like contractual and whatever. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, obviously I have no like real roster changes, so nothing really came of it. Um, but yeah, no, the best I I would even do is just like maybe uh, when the contracts expire, yeah. you know, then they're free to they're free to talk. So, yeah. So people can stay tuned for the off season, see what happens. Drama. Um, yeah, drama. No. I'm really excited about. Uh, I'm really excited about the future. Yeah, I mean, you know, whatever, whatever happens. <laughs> because I'm right? not, I'm yeah, not involved whatever in the Boston. Yeah, because we're not involved, and I'm not involved. I'm not a hockey player, so that's why I'm super excited about that situation. <laughs> that basically, it's so easy when you're not involved. That's it. It's yeah. super laid back. We're gonna see. We're gonna see. Um, do we do we want to share our thoughts on uh, Haley Wickenheiser finally hanging up the skates? I know I have thoughts, but do you, Krista, have thoughts on that? Or because she's not American, it's no matter. (laughs) No, uh... I have thoughts. I mean, I her career has just been amazing, and you there's no matter how you feel about her, there's no way you can deny what she's done for the sport. You know, like we were saying before, she certainly paved the way for so many people, and it was so funny. Remember last season? we had a game against Calgary and I'm not sure how this happened, but Wick arrived first to the game and she's just like warming up inside a locker room. And I had a friend there who was playing like, you know, she had like a beer league game or whatever. And she just like walked in on Haley Wickenheiser warming up and she was like, are you serious? (laughs) (laughs) uh, (laughs) She was so starstruck. It was so funny. And I was like, that just speaks volumes to, you know, it doesn't matter if you're Canadian or American, you know, you see her and you just appreciate everything she's done for the sport. So it's incredible. Is there an American player who can compare to what she's done for the sports? Um, I'd say maybe like Ruggiero would be the closest, but she's not really as much of like a household name, I guess, as Wickenheiser is. I mean, everyone kind of knows Wick, so. It's like a Georges Saint-Pierre statement with uh, MMA. Yeah. I'm I mean, sorry, I'm lost with maybe you're not an MMA fan, but it's like, know. it's more like, you know, you don't, you're not an MMA fan, but Georges Saint-Pierre, you know, how, what he done for the sports yeah, wick pe- is the pe- same people know who he is yeah i think you're probably right like not everybody knows uh angela ruggiero but um i mean if you're a women's hockey fan you probably do mm-hmm. um and i mean i think you know we've seen sort of new generations of stars uh as a result of it but somebody's always got to sort of blaze the trail i mean i know wick was kind of I don't know if it's because we're Canadian, right? Like, I do think of her as being one of the bir- the first sort of big names. Like, Manon Réon was a big deal, too. Manon Réon um, was more But like more a, because of the Tampa Bay thing. thing yeah, know? it was a marketing thing. But, but I mean, but Wick, Wick really was, put it down. Like, Wick... Was in I the mean, Olympic at 16. She won a world championship when she was 15 years yeah, old. Yeah, that's it. So. You know, like, that's ridiculous. Um, 
and and also I was this is from Mike Murphy's column on uh, on the weekend, but uh, maybe little known fact about Haley Wickenheiser, she had the highest batting average on Canada's 2000 Summer Olympic softball yeah. team. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, uh, you know, high performance athletes. Crush, rumor, cr- rumor has it that she maybe want to try out for the uh, bobsleigh team. Oh yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Rumor has it. Rumor has it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, listen, it's, uh, you know what, I, I'm going to leave, I'm going to leave it at, uh, Wickenheiser as was sort of a, a trailblazer in women's hockey. You know, she, she did it all. She won everything. She, uh, she definitely was the face of the sport for a while and, uh, and left an outstanding legacy behind her. Yep. And that's that. That's that. Um, Let's not forget one more pump up for the All-Star Game. People get your tickets. I'm going to be there for sure. I'm almost for sure going to be there. I'm working that out. Final details to be confirmed. Yeah, I'm going to be there. We're going to meet up, Krista? Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. I'm really, I love the All-Star Game. It's always super fun. It's the one occasion in the year that you can be cheering for everybody without being, uh, feeling guilty that it's not on your team. It's really fun. Yeah. And I, I like buying some stuff from the uh, All-Star Game. You're wearing your All-Star Game hat right now. Do I? Yeah. 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 Oh, maybe I'm going to wear the uh, the jersey that I had for the All-Star Game last year. I can't remember which player it was. Mm, I'm sure you've got pictures. You've got selfies of it. Mm. Nope. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back to it. Um. Krista, final thoughts? No, thank you for having me. This has been so much fun. Oh, this was awesome. We're super glad that you came on. Yeah, and you're uh, the we, best. Yeah, and we look forward to speaking with you again. Awesome. Me too. Um, we'll have to meet up for Putin. <gasps> yes, right. Putin, and maybe a trip to the Sugar Shack. Yeah. Is there a good yes. Putin in Toronto? Yes. Oh, yeah? Well, yes. Okay. So Brad's going to give us uh, his special inside yeah. on it. Perfect. On it. <laughs> In uh, it? On it? I'm on it, yeah. For it? I'm all for it. Okay. I'm I'm many things, yeah. I'm going to work on my adjective and the... No, you're doing great. <laughs> you're doing fantastic. Uh, thanks again, Krista, for joining us. And uh, hopefully we'll see you in a couple of weeks in Toronto. Of course. Thank you for having me. We'll see you then. Bye-bye. 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 You've been listening to She Shoots, She Scores. Follow the hosts on Twitter at Lise Mahisi and at Pucks on the Net.